Hi guys, this is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. All set for the faceoff at center ice. And for the St. Louis Blues, that's Red Berenson, number seven at center ice, 17 Don McKenney, and Jerry Melnick, number 16 on the right wing, Barkley Flager, and Jimmy Roberts are on the defense. Welcome to Let's Go Blues Radio. My God, I forgot how long that open was that I created. Um, but uh, this is Season 9, Episode 2, Franchise Episode number 268. And uh, this is not our typical live show. It's going to sound a little different, obviously. You've got uh, your host, Jeff Pondre, here talking at the open rather than Kurt Price. Kurt and Bill are not joining me, but I do have two gentlemen on the uh, on the show today. One is a, uh, a St. Louis Blues podcaster as well. Uh, he's been on the show before. I've been on his show, or I like to think we're friends. I don't know. Maybe we'll see if uh, he still feels that way by the we'll end see. of the show. We'll see. Uh, Jason Martin of the Blues Hockey Podcast joins the show. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, thanks for having me, buddy. How are uh, how are things over in uh, a Blues Hockey Podcast land? Uh, going well. We had to take a small break there for a little bit. Uh, but now we're, uh, you know, we're just like you guys getting ready for the off season and getting some plans done. I, we had to have a small little break around the playoffs. Unfortunately, timing wasn't great for, uh, for myself and, uh, I had to have minor surgery. So it was on my, uh, uh, mouth. So it got hard to talk for a podcast. So we missed part of the playoffs, which sucked because I missed talking, uh, blues hockey, but, uh, we caught up. It would have been nice to go a little bit longer, but, uh, you know, we're back at it, so weird season. So we're ready for off season. Let's get into it. You know, I feel like Chris is one of those guys, uh, your co-host on the show, Chris Frank, who could probably talk for a whole show by himself, uh, just kind of bounce ideas off himself. You guys should have just done that. You could have just sat there and recorded the episode. Get him drunk. We let him talk. About it, <laughs> we talked about. We talked. We talked. I told him like I could just like have like a written down thing but like here's a written down idea go and you could easily do it and i could i could say like a little bit i just can't talk for a long period of time when i had that i could be like so the blues played really well and then i could let them go or the blues played really really bad and let them go and it would have worked probably would have podcast, but we just decided to hold off just to be safe yeah that's true uh, so there's a reason that Jason is joining me today. It's because uh, another friend of the show we've had on multiple times, I think twice, uh, Dominic 
Jansky of Lighthouse Hockey, lighthousehockey.com, the SB Nation blog. Uh, Dominic, actually, uh, the way I, I met Dominic was through Jason and Chris. So uh, I decided it'd be fun to have Jason on here as well, just to kind of talk with Dominic. But uh, before we get into the reason why Dominic's on the show, I uh, want to introduce him and, and thank him again for coming on the show. Dominic, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm uh, I'm all pumped up and ready to go after that intro. Had a uh, yeah, original era John Kelly and, and new era John Kelly on there and all all other stuff. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I uh, I so I actually made that intro for one random episode, and I uh, it it only aired once. And uh, Kurt and Bill, the co-host of the show never saw it and so i surprised them with it when the show started they were like what the hell is this and i was like yeah that's right folks so we got some got some dan kelly and some john kelly and some ken wilson for you but yeah it's uh it's it's always fun working with old blues clips like that um so dominic uh again uh, for for those that maybe haven't heard you on the show before or uh maybe haven't uh read a lot of what you've written um you uh you are an islanders fan but you are in St. Louis, and you're also a Blues fan. Um, I guess the only way to ask this question is explain yourself. Yes, uh, it, it, it quickly as possible. I guess uh, my my dad was an immigrant who followed the Blues from their inception uh, when Al Arbor was captain and then coach. Uh, and when the Blues let him go as coach, uh, he was did not agree with it. Um, you know, he got snapped up by the Islanders. Uh, Scotty Bowman said, don't take the job. You'll lose for 10 years there. Uh, in year eight, he was winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, first of four in a row. And anyway, when I came along, my dad was like, you know, you can be a Blues fan. Yeah, but but uh, you should pay attention to, to Al Arbor and the Islanders. And so it's so I've just kind of had double allegiances like American League National League kind of situation ever since. And uh, and. Yeah, so I get my my muse out writing at Lighthouse Hockey. So um, you are the are you the managing editor over there? What's your title? Yeah, uh, whatever you want to call it, I guess. I I founded the site, so I've I've just yeah led it ever since. So yeah, editor in chief, manager, I don't know, founder. <laughs> founder, yeah. So how long has Lighthouse Hockey been around? Uh, since two thousand eight. Okay, great. Um, and then yeah, uh, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was gonna say, good lord, you've uh, you've witnessed some really rough teams. You've uh, you've been through a couple bad years, especially uh, maybe with the backup goalie becoming GM. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, 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 Jason. I, I think we've even made jokes about Garth Snow on this show, but um, but yeah. So for and then uh, again, you're friends with Jason. That's why I wanted to have Jason on the show as well. Um, but, uh, the big reason I want to have you on the show is because as, as anyone who's watching the NHL right now knows that the New York Islanders are going on this Cinderella run. And, and I compare it slightly to the St. Louis blues last year, just because, um, it was just not expected. This was, uh, this was a team that did not finish in the top four. Uh, they had to play in their round. They had to beat the Florida Panthers and then they uh, they go on. They beat a couple of really good teams in Washington and Philadelphia. Uh, now I I know we're going to talk about happiness with the New York Islanders and and great things and how awesome this is. And comparatively speaking to the Blues, after a game one 
devastating loss to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So I know that might be a little difficult, yeah, right. but but comparing the because again, you are a Blues fan. You witnessed the Blues raise the cup last year. Now back to back years, your same Eastern Conference team do it. What's that like for you? Uh, I, you know, I've had some some of those dreams. I've, uh, you know, <laughs> you get to the conference final and you start to to picture it and, and think like, my God, this could be a reality. You know, after uh, I mean, it's the same as last year. After years and years of, of suffering and and really, while, while the Blues had a lot of near misses, the, the Islanders simply haven't had that at all. Um, so it it's great. I mean, it it. I know we were talking earlier. It it stinks that they don't get to do it at uh, the Coliseum, which is still up and running for at least one more year. But um, it's it, it's cool. It's it's kind of therapy for the fan base. I mean, this is the first conference final since uh, Pierre Turgeon was with them in '93 uh, when they they uh, what I call it was they knocked off the Penguins in a dynasty interruptus. They uh, stopped the Penguins' run at two, which isn't really a dynasty in my book. Um, and, uh, they, it's, it, it's just been, it, you know, it's a ride. It, it's a thrill. It's totally different from last year because people are only watching from home, but, um, I don't know with the, the whole pandemic zoom life that everybody's been in. There's, there's been a lot of fun, like distant virtual, uh, fan joy and connection with this. So I don't, you know, I don't, I would say I believed more in the Blues last year than I did in the Islanders. I mean, I think that the Blues had a team that offseason that I thought was built to to do what they did. They just had a horrible start, whereas the Islanders, I think they're good enough to be where they are now, but any further will be truly Cinderella. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think a lot of people, uh, you know, we're expecting maybe some noise from the Islanders this year after what we've seen lately, but it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see um, the the run they've had, and again, they're not just it's not just beating Florida and then maybe getting by a couple weak teams here and there. I mean, they knocked out two of the powerhouses in the Eastern Conference, and uh, I mean, what do you what do you think was the the biggest factor in them being able to you know get by teams like Washington and Philadelphia? I think uh, definitely Barry Trotz. He just he has them believing he has them just ridiculously disciplined and structured where they, that all four lines know where each other is at all times. All the defensemen know exactly what situations to pinch and who's going to cover for them. They know when to, to step up in the neutral zone to disrupt the, the rush. Um, so, I mean, it starts with him. Absolutely. And it, it, this is more like Islanders minutia, but they were pretty good in the first, half of the season um adam pellick who's kind of an unknown defenseman but is is just like they, they call him uh cobra like he's just he's got a sneaky stick that disrupts so much offense and when he got hurt um in the second half of the tar the start of their kind of tailspin but um they made some good deadline acquisitions they, they got andy green to replace him and, and he's actually now that pellick's back green's like a good sixth guy and they got pajo from ottawa who's just fit right in um, and has made them deep uh, four down the middle at center. So it's, you know, I'd say trots the deadline acquisitions and, and Adam Pellick coming back, which they thought he was lost for the, the end of the season when it was interrupted. But uh, one, one benefit of the pandemic was that he was able to be back and, and he's 
stepped right back into form with the playoffs. Uh, Jason, you've been watching a lot of hockey after the Blues were trounced, or you have you kind of taken a step back from it? Uh, I usually have. Like I used to last year, because of last year, it makes it easier for me to like keep watching hockey. I usually have like a two week uh, more you know morning period after the Blues are out. Uh, and then, but I've been watching a lot, and I guess the Islanders like are the closest thing I think to that's left of what the Blues kind of embody. And um, obviously, just knowing the Dominic, I always kind of like the by East team is usually the Islanders. I always like to watch them ma- mainly because of the Garth Snow like just ridiculousness. You know, <laughs> that always makes it entertaining. Um, but you know the whole saying stuff and all the stuff that was always funny. But um, honestly, like when they got a Peugeot at the deadline, I said on our show and I said in the, to Chris, that is the most, that's probably the best deadline pickup anybody's had in the last handful of years. Because I also signed them for a good term because I saw Peugeot just, he was just in Ottawa. He's kind of very underrated just being in Ottawa. Um, and he's a guy who can play both ends and has a nice little scoring touch, and he's still relatively young. And uh, and he, I like Dominic said, he fits right in, and I think that was uh, made this their team just so great and just so fun to watch. I, Barry Trotz is kind of like the what did I talk what I call him the other day. I called him the New Age Ken Hitchcock, just because he just kind of like has the defensive system down. And this, you know, your teams are always play close, and no matter what goal you have in, you know you're gonna. It's kind of like the you can insert a goalie and get a good performance. Uh, they have Grise and Varlamov, which are two capable goalies. So uh, yeah, just watching a lot of hockey has been great, and following the Islanders, especially in the East. Uh, it's interesting watching with no fans, but you know, I think I've adapted just like everybody else. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this this is definitely something we've talked about on this show a lot. I know, uh, uh, Jason, you and Chris had a conversation recently, I believe, on on your most recent show. It's it's odd, but um, but I mean, I guess for Dominic, for you, the question I'd have for that is, you know, watching your team succeed and and go through the motions of of getting to the Eastern Conference Final in this setting. How different uh, is that from last year? It, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a 180 for sure. I mean, it's, and you know, I didn't, I, I was one of those, I didn't think they would be able to pull off the bubble to begin with. It just sounded like, you know, too much work involved, too many, too many stages. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely like, uh, not quite anticlimactic because it's still, I mean, I, I think it's a big deal. The Islanders haven't been this far in so long. So that, that keeps everybody riding high. And, uh, we've definitely enjoyed, um, you know, that, the Islanders had a had a captain who uh, you guys may have seen this news that who he he left via free agency to Toronto. Um, um Matt Sundin, yeah, uh, Matt Doug Sundin, Gilmore. Uh, yeah, no, Alexi Ashen. Alexi No, one of the pitches, you know, for Tavares is like that whole, you know, oh if you win in the playoffs in Toronto, it's going to be like nothing else. And so we've, we've all been enjoying saying like, damn, they were right. You know, winning playoff series in Toronto really is a blast. You know, you should have, you should have tried that stuck around and tried that. But 
So no, I mean, it, it's different the whole, but it, it's also, it's a great kind of, uh, relief and distraction from everything else going on. So I'll take it. I did enjoy the, as much as I am not a Bruins fan, I did enjoy a lot of the tweets from Bruins fans that were saying, Hey, look, uh, Boston won a series in Toronto before the Maple Leafs did. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty bad. And, uh, but yeah, so actually, uh, I hope this doesn't, uh, uh, make you guys uh, too concerned. You don't really need to be. We've only got a couple people because this was not announced. Apparently, uh, YouTube decided that we are going to go live. So we are live right now, folks. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Nice. So we have a couple uh, comments from a couple of our, our close listeners here. Uh, Austin Lynch, friend of the show, asks, Jeff, how is your night going? It's going well, sir. Hopefully uh, you're enjoying your virtual learning. Uh, Austin, I believe what he's a senior, I believe, in Afton. Um, yes, it's weird that I'm so intimately in touch with our listeners, but he is a very long time listener with the kids. Yes. Hey, I, I know what's going on. I play the Fortnite. Uh, but, uh, Jimmy Anderson also chimes in. Jimmy's our, uh, resident crazy guy. We've actually had him on for trivia before. Uh, it says awesome to see you guys live. Cheers. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and add to everybody listening now that in the future, we actually will have some planned live shows um for uh for let's go blues radio so keep that going guys uh he says uh, jimmy also adds let's keep this chat rolling grab some beers boys uh if i would have known that i that we were going to go live yes i would have had a beer of the episode but uh right now i'm just drinking apple cider so um yes yeah, sorry no no beer of the episode today jimmy uh, but uh, getting back to our conversation about the Islanders and, and relaying it to the Blues, you mentioned the John Tavares thing. I mean, that is one of the weirdest things I've seen. You know, the it, it was totally just botched, in my opinion, I guess, by the Islanders to, you know, and it was just, oh, my gosh, this team's going to be set back years and years and years. And, you know, Garth Snow, his final screw job and, you know, that's why they went out and got Lamorello. That's why they got Barry Trotz to try and bring him back. He went to Toronto. All of a sudden, the Islanders are a playoff team. They're playing a structure that is just working. And now we're seeing them in the conference finals long before John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I mean, the talk in, in New York just has to be we're better off without Tavares, right? But But, I mean, the real thing to me would be Imagine if they had Trotz and they had Lamorello and they were able to retain Tavares. Do you think we'd still be seeing the success that we're seeing if Tavares was still there? Yeah, I, I think they would because I think, I mean, Tavares, you know, I'll, I'll knock him now because he left and he was kind of, <laughs> uh, it, it felt shady because, you know, fans were just like, if, if you were going to go all along, like we could have gotten something for you, but really ownership had stepped in and wouldn't allow they, they were like snow you're not allowed to trade him they were they were always flirting with his agent too to see if he would take a hockey executive position and stuff so i mean that's a whole other drama but i i think tavares is a serious enough serious enough player i mean he's always been about improving improving he his you know when he came into the league his skating was a question mark and he just went out and like he gained a step um and he got so much stronger on his feet more than more than your typical, you know, 19 year olds as he comes of age does. Um, so I think under trots, he probably just would have been, 
you know, just eaten up the instruction and the, the chance to actually play a role. We, we would have seen fewer, you know, minute 15 long shifts and other things from them. Um, so I, I think they'd, they'd be outstanding, but um, it's, yeah, it's water under the bridge. <laughs> and yeah. actually, uh, other than the, the jokes and the quips, which are mostly at, you know, the kind of obnoxious uh, Toronto media and some of their worst fan bases expense, it's, it's uh, otherwise people are just enjoying the ride. Um, and, you know, that's, you, you root against the Leafs even more now. You, you <laughs> Most of us kind of hope that he never gets his dream there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it's just, it's, it's really fun to watch how these guys play under trust. I mean, there's, there's guys who are sort of in the shadows who you knew had talent, like, Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey, but were never like just consistent game breakers before. And I think now it's because they have good coaching. They have a defined role. They have a guy who, who explains what they, what their purpose is and they, and they do it every night. And then everybody's just pulling on the same rope. And, you know, sometimes when you just have that, that star centered team, that's around one guy, uh, other players kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, but that's, I, I do think, Trotz would have figured a way around that, even if, if Tavares was still there, but um, he's not. So I'm, I'm liking the how it's going now. Yeah, and with uh, that top line now of uh, uh, Anders Lee, uh, uh, Matthew oh. Barzal, and and Jordan Eberle, that's one of the best clicking lines I've seen in the playoffs. I mean, it's yeah. – uh, and Barzell's speed, my God, you oh, can't yeah. contain that guy. It's so surreal to see a guy like to, to know how fast NHLers are above anybody else in the world. And then to see a guy like Barzal making most NHLers, uh, you know, just shaking their skates. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, that was the most clicking top line I had seen uh, until game one when the lightning uh, <laughs> lit the Islanders up. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I, what are your thoughts after that game? Let's go ahead and ask that. I mean, do you think uh, this there's a good chance the Islanders just bounce back and get back to their game, or do you think this is going to be all lightning? Yeah, I think they'll bounce back. I mean, I, you know, going what the lightning have always been that team that's capable of this, and you kind of wondered why they weren't putting it all together. Uh, each year there was some, some disappointment. Um, but it, it's funny last year with them getting shut down by Columbus. Uh, I feel like that was exactly what they needed. Then they get Columbus in the first round and, and pay them back. And, and now I think they're prepared to a man to make the commitment you need to make against the team, you know, like uh, how Tortorella coached Columbus and how, how the Islanders are under trot. So I, I think the Islanders will make a series of it. Um, I definitely, I haven't ruled them out, but I, I always kind of feared that, okay, if once, once they get far enough to run into to Tampa, or Boston, who they never matched up well, um, matched up with well, that it, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Um, I, I think these games will be closer. Last, last night was kind of a, you know, fatigue and other things setting in and, and the lightning just exploding out of a cannon after uh, resting for a week. But um, yeah, I don't see them getting blown out like that again. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't see that either. Um, so I want to ask both of you, being St. Louis guys, I had a conversation with my wife last night. Um, actually, it wasn't last night. I guess that would have been Saturday night, uh, Game 7 with uh, Philadelphia. Um, Scott Mayfield scored that big goal. And Mayfield's a St. Louis boy. 
And uh, I get excited. I mean, yeah, obviously Pat Maroon last year, that's a completely different story because he was on the Blues. But anytime a St. Louis boy does anything well, even Matthew Kachuk, as much as we want to hate the guy, I get excited. And I, I just I love seeing St. Louis boys go on and do something great in the NHL. Do you guys feel the same way? Is it? I mean, obviously, I know, Dominic, you're you're rooting for Scott Mayfield for obvious reasons. But do you guys feel the same way about St. Louis hockey players? You go ahead, Dominic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I usually do. Um, I mean, there's some I don't like or some I feel like, oh, that was the obnoxious kid you, you played against, not literally, but like too similar to, <laughs> you know, uh, some of the, the guys you wouldn't have liked in, in hockey growing up. But yeah, for the most part, I do. Uh, and Mayfield really is a good story. He was, you know, just, I think Webster Grove's high and then he went to a, a junior team in Ohio. Um and, you know, when he was drafted, it was like early second round, but it was it was for his size and reach. Um, he, he didn't have a lot of offensive punch, but it, he's one of those guys who he did his time in the AHL um, and they just kept grooming him along and, and he, he stuck with it. And so now suddenly he's, he's like one of their go to defensemen. So, yeah, I love seeing a guy like him succeed. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see every single team has some kind of St. Louis connection right now. Obviously, Maroon in Tampa, Stasny on Vegas, uh, Mayfield and on the Islanders. Um, Maroon. So it's real interesting. Lightning. Yeah, yeah, that's the last yeah. one. So, yep. Yeah, so it's interesting to um, – and he's the last person who has a chance to be a back-to-back uh, Stanley Cup, which would be another cool accomplishment for a yeah. uh, St. Louis kid to have a back-to-back Stanley Cup, you know, one with their hometown team. And then another one with a different team would be kind of cool. Like I said, I think Mayfield, the Mayfield story is very cool after, uh, reading up his Chesterfield kid. Um, so it's really cool to see his, uh, Stastny would, I think would be another great story. Just, uh, you know, with his dad's lineage and then also like what he, you know, he has chance here, uh, for many different reasons, just didn't work out with the blues. Just you can say his, you know, where he got assigned on the, uh, lines he got, the line mates he had are just, you know, just pure bad luck for what he had on the team. So, uh, it's a good story all around with St. Louis kids. And I think it's really, it's always fun to watch no matter who, what team you root for. It's, it's fun to find those guys if you didn't know. Cause a lot of people didn't know that Scott Mayfield was from, uh, St. Louis until now. So I think it's kind of like, uh, you know, risen his profile even more after that game seven goal. I think that kind of put him in a lot of uh, eyes. St. Louis, um, they're kind of kids' radars that it's like, oh, yeah, he's from St. Louis too. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, it's always fun to like kind of see what guys are uh, from St. Louis. So hopefully Mayfield's won the Razor Cup this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the same. Uh, Mayfield, again, I'd, I'd love to see Stasty get one. Uh, this may be his, well, I guess only chance. We'll see. But, uh, I just I'm not ready for the Vegas Golden Knights to win a Stanley Cup. I feel like their their fans need to go through a little bit more torture like the three of us have with our teams. Um, yeah. But but, uh, you know, and obviously Dallas can't win. Can't have that happen. Uh, and uh, yeah, Tampa's fine. But but yeah, Islanders, that's that's who I'm going for uh, all the way. Um, so I, we got a couple questions here. And actually, uh, one's from co-host Bill Day, who's uh, chimed in to the live show, but uh, kind of the same one Jimmy's asking here in our chat. Uh, he says, we kind of talked about this when I did the trivia thing. Lightning came out 
and did what everyone feared, an explosive team showing no sign of fatigue. And uh, uh, Bill said uh, to make sure to ask you, Dominic, are you worried about this series, which we kind of already talked about? Um, actually, I guess he's asking he's asking more about the goaltending. Uh, are you worried about the goaltending situation right now on the island? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, definitely. I mean, it, you know, when you look at the recipe you need uh, for the playoffs, you're like, okay, you know, the goalie you need, always need some of those stand on their head performances. And uh, Varlamov actually pleasantly surprised me early in the playoffs for the number of good performances he he did have. I I don't think he's a bad goalie. He's just kind of average which means on average he's not going to give you a, a, an extended hot run um i frankly always trusted grice more grice was the reason the islanders broke their playoff series drought um in 2016 when they finally knocked off the panthers the panthers outplayed them just ridiculously but the islanders won three overtime games and grice was what he was the main man for that series um so yeah, I mean that worries me, and that like you know it, you start to get those those dreams as you get closer. Like man, this could happen, um, and, and that's the one spot where I'm like, but it would really have to be like everything going just right. Um, and I've seen Grice do that at least for a round. Varlamov, uh, I'm not so sure, um, and, and they kind of default to him. Like, I don't know who they're going to start next game after that one, but they sort of default to him, I think, because he's the guy signed to a four-year deal. Um, he's the guy they want to keep happy, whereas Grice is going to walk because they've got a, a hotshot uh, Russian prospect coming in from the KHL for next year. So, yeah, it would, it, you know, you, you talk about the the slim odds or the, the things you really need for everything to go right, and maybe outside of Dallas, they have the, the weakest goaltending left in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's that's an interesting conversation. This is similar, I guess, to what the Blues had with uh, with Bennington's contract coming up after their Stanley Cup run last year. Um, but uh, you've got your hotshot Russian coming in. Uh, uh, I am so bad with names. I can't even pronounce it, but I know you know yeah. it, Dominic. Ilya Sorokin. Yeah. Sorokin. He's, he's top, yeah, he's been the top goalie in the KHL for a few years. You know, he'll, he's probably going to be outstanding, and he really gives me hope uh, for the next few years after this one, but... Um, I, I don't know how much it was a motivation to sign Varlamov um, because of their their friendship or, or what, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. We're no, I was gonna ask. So we're uh, not. I don't want to jinx anything. We're all hockey fans here, so we're all very superstitious people, I'm sure. Um, but let's just say the Islanders go the distance. They they get it done in 2020. Does that make their goaltending situation more difficult? Depending on who wins it. I mean, let's say. Thomas Grice steps in and plays phenomenal and wins them a cup. Could he walk at the end of the season? Oh yeah. I think without question, that's, that's what'll happen. Lou. I mean, unless Lou finds a, a taker for Varlamov. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's been in the plan and which really like, that's what makes Grice. So such a perfect, like one a or, or guy who can be a backup for a long stretch and then just take the starters role. Like, he is such a chill German dude who's like, okay, whatever. We've, you know, like you don't hear from him for weeks. And then uh, actually in 2016, I think it was because Halak was injured that, that Grice stepped in and, and, and uh, took over for that playoff series. But yeah, I mean, he's in, he's still got it. I think he's going to be a, a perfect, like he would have been a good answer for Montreal there when they, instead of them uh, trading for Jake Allen. But um He's just, but yeah, it, it seems like that's the plan. They're going to let him walk and uh, 
Sorokin step in. I'll have an all. Well, that'll be a, that'll look bad if Sorokin steps in and just does nothing for the Islanders. Yeah, it really will. Yeah, yeah, because you know you don't know. He was he was dominant in the KHL, but he was also on one of the KHL's like top teams, and and that's a very like top heavy league. So right. That's true. Um, so uh, just a couple more questions about the honors. And I want to get into a little bit of blues talk with you guys before we uh, close up shop here. Uh, but uh, the heart and soul line for the New York Islanders, that's a line for me that I have really enjoyed watching. It kind of reminds me of uh, some of the the blues fourth lines that we've seen. The uh, the Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck line. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're good. They are they are solid. They forecheck. They play their positions well. But they're also, to me, they're pretty dangerous to score goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that assessment that this is a that's a dangerous fourth line in the NHL to deal with? Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. it starts with Sezikis, who um, he's you know he's a, a middle line center dressed as a as a checker. He's just really smart, um, and he he reads the play so well, and his line mates know him so well. Um, Clutterbuck, we haven't really seen at this playoff, but he's got a, a deceptive dangerous wrist shot when he when he uh, lets it go and then martin has semi-stone hands but he knows how to get to the right places and uh, and get those dirty goals and he's he's also outscored all of the toronto stars in these playoffs so uh, that's another enjoyable thing for islanders fans but yeah it's a fun line to watch um that they're getting up there in years and in contracts too so i don't know how much longer they'll they'll be a combo but um yeah fun combo and, and dangerous and like in the flyer series, like this is what, so Sean Couturier, probably their best center, uh, especially now that like Claude Drew is a, a shell of his former self. Um, Sezik is matched up with Couturier a whole lot. And if you, if you've got that canceling out your, your top two way center, and then you've got three other lines with Barzell and, and Peugeot and Brock Nelson. I mean, you're, you're set up to, to control play. So um, it's, yeah, I like that line is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'll ask, I'll ask Dominic this too. So it's like, I think uh, every time I saw Matt Martin in the past, I always thought more of uh, enforcer mm-hmm. type guy where he, when he was just a guy out there just to kind of protect the stars. And it seems like over the last couple of years, I think Zizekas has kind of brought, Maybe with Clutterbuck, maybe too being with him, maybe got him more of playing. I got like say playing a role instead of just playing like the enforcer guy to go out there and just kind of intimidate. It seems like he, like you said, doesn't have the best hands or maybe skating, but he goes out there and does a job compared to just being kind of an enforcer role. Definitely, and that's and and they were together before trots, but they were more of that traditional like go out and bang you know, change yeah. the momentum, whatever, but uh, under trust the last two years. Yeah. He's you're exactly right. That he knows his role. He knows where to go more. Um, and, and that can make a, a slower skater a lot faster because they, they just, they read each other and they know what's expected of them and the defense, their own defense knows where they're going to be too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, my last question about the Islanders and, and Jason, if you have anything you want to add, asking Dominic after this as well, feel free to jump in. But um yeah, I uh, somebody there's two players who to me I either like or have stood out uh, to me during this run. Uh, one's JG Pajot. I that was a guy that I was hoping the Blues were going to go out and get, and it feels like he has uh, slotted in 
really well for the Islanders, been a nice pickup for them. And then the other deadline acquisition, uh, Andy Green was a guy that you said they got him in place of Pellick uh, because of injury. And it was, okay, that's just a veteran guy that they're going to add to the lineup. But I really feel like he's added another dimension to that defensive core there on the island. He's He's been steady. He's been, you know, smart. He's pinching when he needs to. And he's just played some good hockey down the stretch for the Islanders. Um, what have those two players, those acquisitions, meant for the Islanders? I mean, have they played a big part in seeing uh, what they've done this postseason? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and, and I don't think they're they're here to this point without either of them. Um, Pajot, like you said, he's he, he fits in so well, and like Jason said, he's he's younger. Um, you know, he's a good just multi-talented yappy Frenchman can play on, you know, both special teams. Um, and they've, they've had him with a bunch of different line combos. Uh, he makes any line mate look good. Uh, green's one of those guys, you know, I saw him against the, the Islanders for years with New Jersey and he, it's that classic defenseman where you're not that impressed because you don't really realize everything that's going on when you're rooting for the team that's trying to get through him. Uh, and so you're, you're focused on your forwards and oh God, why is, you know, why is green always in the middle of this, but watching him uh, now more closely, it's yeah, he, he's a very good steady defenseman um, and plays well with any partner. Uh, usually he's got a faster partner with the Islanders, but um, he's, it's helped to have him with Nick Letty, who Letty struggled a little bit with finding an identity at times. So, um, yeah, without I think without both of those acquisitions, they they wouldn't have made it this far. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you, Dominic. If again, if the Islanders can pull this out, uh, I will buy you a beer, sir, because that is that <laughs> oh, will be one you. impressive run. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason, why not? You can come too. I guess. Yeah, maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little blues with you guys before we end this. Um, but uh, obviously the big news coming out last week, about a week ago now, Jake Allen traded to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Dominic kind of mentioned it uh, there briefly. Um, just want to get some quick thoughts from you two. What did you think of the trade? And, and do you think it was something that uh, down the road will benefit the Blues? Jason, let's start with you. All right. Well, um, I think like everybody, you're initially you saw the what they got back was basically a third and a seventh for Allen and a seventh and uh, I think 2022 uh, you always only want more. Cause you remember Brian Elliott got you a second round pick, which was Jordan Cairo at the end of the day. So you, and, but people, I think when you look closer, there's going to be a massive goaltending carousel after the season, there's going to be guys floating around different teams nonstop and free agency. Uh, like you said, Grice is one of those that will probably be available. And if he does very well, that's going to uh, attract him to a lot of teams who's looking for a one, a, a possibly a starter or a one, a one B type guy. So it was good for Doug Armstrong to get that cap hit off uh, the books. You would like to get more. Uh, I think Ville Husso is a guy that they've talked up for years. He's kind of maybe fallen down maybe a little bit compared to what you thought he was going to be, but I think he's still going to be a solid back and goaltender and you eventually got to give the kid a chance. You can keep him in the minors forever and forever. Uh, me and Chris talked about there's a 
you know, potential, depending what they would do. I would think I thought they might keep Allen and potentially carry three goalies next year, depending on how next season looks. You really don't know what next season is going to look like. Um, depending on how everything shakes out with uh, COVID, there could be um, not an AHL season next year. You might have to carry kind of like what MLB is doing, like a kind of like a taxi squad that you kind of keep off to the side. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they had three goalies, but um, I think you got to give Billy Huso a chance. And I think Petran, at the end of the day, I'd rather have Alex Petrangelo for the next seven, eight years than one more year of Jake Allen. And I think that's the kind of rationale that Blues fans have to look at at the end of the day. You get a pick back. Uh, it's a pretty deep draft from what they're saying. So get a couple draft picks, start rebuilding your minor league system, and uh, go from there. So I like it for what they're trying to do, accomplish this offseason. Well, I've uh, been informed that Dominic has dropped, so I think he'll probably uh, he'll probably jump back in. I'm guessing he maybe had some internet issues, but uh, Jason, so we'll keep going with this. I, and honestly, you're kind of echoing a lot of what was said uh, on last week's uh, Let's Go Blues Radio with Kurt and Bill. Was um, yes, you'd love to keep Jake Allen in a perfect world. The salary cap goes up. You can find other moves if you have to. You have a solid backup one more year, and you can make another deep run with two solid goalies but it's just not a perfect world right now. So you have to do what you can to, and and it's, it's a matter of getting your captain, your star defenseman locked up as opposed to keeping your backup goalie. And I think that's the only way you yeah. can really look at it. You know, when, when you look at the deals that were probably out there and that are out there now, still Jake Allen is a, is a sought after guy. So you mm-hmm. got to make the move. You just got to move that salary where you can. And obviously uh, Montreal, made a, a good offer for him. I don't know if you'd get a lot better because like you, you or Dominic said earlier, um, that is a team that, um, or that's a, a, a position that is going to be a weird carousel this, this off season. Um, yeah. There's so many good free agent goaltenders that once you get to free agency, somebody may, there may not be anybody interested in Jake Allen because there's so many goalies out there that they think, Oh, we could probably get this guy cheaper. So moving yeah. him now, I think, was key. Yeah, and I think the other thing that uh, if you kind of do a general look around the NHL, um, Dominic talked about it earlier, where there's a, there's a lot of um, influx of young goalies coming in that are very highly touted or have high, a lot of potential. Um, Carter Hart has already kind of taken the net in Philly. I know uh, Washington's very high in their Russian goalie. Uh, and New York, uh, these Islanders have their guy coming in. And I think there's a couple of teams that are really high on some guys coming up. I, I think uh, Vancouver, and he proved it. Thatcher Demko looks like he's going to be a real deal. Might not be ready for the handle the number one duties, but he can definitely be your 1B right now. So you're having a lot of influx of very young, good goaltenders on top of having guys who are – maybe still in their prime slightly, but also kind of on their way out where they're on their last contract. So, um, so it's kind of a weird off season. So it's one of the point where teams, if they trust these young goalies, they're going to go with that and invest in the team and their players compared to a goalie. And hopefully you have a goalie that you can ride throughout the uh, season and into the playoffs and have a good team around him. And you spend money that way especially with the cap being flat for the next two years. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so what's what's next for the Blues? You think uh, there's going to be? I mean, obviously they got to make more moves probably if they want to get Petrangelo locked up. Um, what do you think comes next? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people were Kim talking about like, well, why didn't you trade Bozak? Why didn't you buy out Steen? <laughs> Um, that's not an option. Uh, Bozak has a limited no trade, and I think he wants to stay. Um, Steen has a full no trade, and I think that's uh, buyouts are just not a blues thing. That's just what owner this ownership doesn't do. Um, they're one of the few teams, or maybe the only team left in NHL who hasn't used any kind of compliance buyout in the last handful of years. So I think, uh, I think getting Petro re-signed and you're going to move somebody out. And uh, I don't know who it is. Uh, it could be Vince Dunn. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Um, they're very, very high on uh, Peronovich. Very high on him. Uh, he's uh, Vince Dunn-esque, if not better, from what everybody's saying. So if they think he can step in and do the job, I wouldn't be surprised if they possibly move Vince Dunn for uh, draft capital at this point or package them with a contract to move it to a team that can take it. That's another option too. Uh, there's going to be at least one more move in my opinion. I don't know who it's going to be. I would like them to keep done in Petro and move somebody else like everybody else. I think would like that, but uh, I think you're pretty much there at this, the team that won the cup, you're going to see this is the last year. Next year's going to be the last year. You're going to see that team as a, unit and after that you're going to see start that's when the turnover starts because a lot of those contracts are over uh you have the expansion draft next year so you're going to have a lot of turnover and the team's going to start to shift its core to the guys like thomas i'm not as high on Cairo as other people are um but guys like that you're going to see start to take more of a um leadership role and maybe petro's still part of that group i don't know um, in a couple of years, you also got Pareko's contract is up. I don't know if you can pay him more than the five. I think it's around five and a half, five point two five million dollars. I don't think you can pay him more than that. It's it'd be hard, especially if you still have Justin Falk. You don't want to be Doug Armstrong right now. Is basically what you're saying. <laughs> it's it's a tough call right now. Yeah, uh, it's a it is a real tough call. And I and I, I said this on our show this uh, past week. But I never count the guy out. No, me neither. I I mean I used to, not anymore. Like a deal. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, we kind of talked about like the deals he's made in the last five years. I think that's something we're going to dive into in the off season. We're going to look at his trade history and kind of we're going to rate each each trade and see how it turned out. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but at least you can see how it is. Um, off the top of my head, honestly, you can say the one that really didn't work, maybe didn't work out, is the TJ Oshie trade, where you're, it's somebody who went on won a cup and still played at a high level. But a lot of the trades after that have worked out pretty decently over the last couple of years. I mean, I'm a big Patrick Berglund fan, but no way you could have thought you could flip Patrick Berglund and Vladimir Savoka for Ryan O'Reilly. Agree. Happened. Yeah. So I mean. There's, um, like, I don't count the guy out. And I think the Allen trade is step one of five 
or six in, in the offseason. I think he's going to do a lot of different things. And I think the Petro deal is, I said it's going to happen. I'm just guessing, I'm guessing eight years around $8 million, 8.25 is what I'm thinking. Hmm. Uh, Dominic, let me go ahead and get you since you're back in the uh, conversation here. Uh, we're talking right now about what, uh, what's next for the Blues after the Allen trade. Uh, so in your opinion, what do you see uh, being the next chip to fall since they obviously want to uh, re-sign Alex Petrangelo? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in uh, where where Jason was saying of uh, not counting Doug Armstrong out. I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, they still need to whittle away to to make room for Petro, uh, and maybe he's gonna you know punt a little bit and and not make all of the moves until he knows that he's got them signed. Because if if he's not, then you know he might not have to hurt the rest of the roster, but I just wonder like if one of those other uh, forwards that we value uh, a lot is going to go or, or if, if a younger forward would have to go in in terms of uh, getting somebody to buy uh, to take some more cap away. It's really hard to, to, to peg right now with a flat cap that, that, that has compressed everybody because it just limits. I mean, I think that's why we saw that, that kind of low return on Allen. It just limits the flexibility here where he was probably in a position of it's more important that I get rid of this cap money now when I know that I can do it rather than be stuck later in this off season needing that money, uh, you know, to make room for Petro. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just watching with great interest and hope that, that he figures it out. Um, I think even like the Falk deal, you know, that's, that hasn't worked out the way they wanted, especially the contract in particular, the performance he's been so far. But it was like Armstrong being decisive, saying, I'm not going to wait around to find out that I don't have um, my number one or, or 1A right-handed defenseman. I'm going to go make this move and then and then deal with it and also see if that convinces um, his captain to, to be a little flexible. So I'm, I'm at least optimistic that he figures it out, but I don't know how he's going to do it. Um, I'll just add right now, uh, I am surprised to see again, this was not supposed to be a live show, uh, but we have a fair amount of listeners right now. Um, so I guess we have some kind of reach on YouTube. Uh, so thanks everybody for tuning in again. This was not meant to be live. Otherwise we would have promoted it a bit more, but, uh, do you want to add some people in the chat here? Uh, of course, Kurt Price, uh, we'll call him a friend of this episode, but usual host of the show. Uh, it says Allen was worth next to nothing two years ago. A third and a seventh is fine. That was, uh, if you want to hear more of Kurt's thoughts, he had some pretty good thoughts uh, last week on our episode. Uh, that's season nine, episode one. Jimmy Anderson, uh, this is one that kind of goes over my head a little. Um, maybe Jason, maybe Dominic. I know you guys have kids too, so maybe you'll you'll understand this one. I got a question for the Islanders guy. Why does Barry Trotz look identical to Randall Weems from the cartoon Recess. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Do you guys okay. understand I, that I, one? I get that reference. I don't. Yeah, uh, I get that reference. That was a, oh, it, it's on Disney Plus, so go ahead. And I know everybody has Disney Plus. Look up Recess. Okay. You'll get that I know the show. Cartoon. It used to be on Channel 11 back in the day. Yeah, I, I know, know the, the show. show. I just I don't. I, I never watched it. Off the top of my head, but I... Yeah, it's uh, cause I it's funny because I literally just 
saw that show come up on Disney Plus when my daughter was looking for something to watch. And I said, oh, they have recess. So I get that reference. So uh, kudos to him on that one. Good. Well, Jimmy says, please Google it. So um, I think the three of us should do that right now. But yes, uh, <laughs> I'll do that for sure. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy's uh, our resident clown in our in our YouTube chat. And I think he would appreciate that. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, this is uh, this has been fun, guys. Uh, Jason from uh, the Blues Hockey Podcast, Dominic from Lighthouse Hockey. Um, what are your guys predictions for the uh, the rest of the playoffs here? Uh, go ahead, Dominic. We'll start with you. Uh, I know. Tough call. I mean, emotion and everything aside, I I kind of thought this was the Lightning's year all around. Uh, I'll say if the if the Lightning somehow don't win this series, then it's it's uh, the drive for five is on, and the Islanders will go away. Because if they can beat the Lightning, I'm not uh, afraid of of them getting through the Stars or the Knights. So that's sort of a semi, but. Yeah, my money's on the lightning. Yeah, uh, my prediction is whoever gets whoever gets it out of the East, whoever takes this series is probably going to win. Um, Dallas has surprised me. I just got to eventually that goal goaltending is not gonna not gonna hold nothing against Kudobin. Um, I just think that eventually that's just going to fall apart, and. Uh, they they've always had scoring problems for the last couple of years in Dallas, and it seems like it hasn't super affected them after the like couple games early on. It did, uh, but it seems like they've hit their stride and they've kind of been scoring regularly. Your know, Heiskanen has been amazing, uh, but I think whoever comes out of the East and uh, like I said I'm doing part of the uh, yes movement uh, over in the the aisle. So I'm going with. New York to, uh, I said seven because it's going to be a tough series because I think the Lightning, like Dominic said, I think last year when it got through Columbus this year, I said, ooh, the Lightning might have a shot this year when it got through Columbus this year. But uh, the Islanders surprised me and I like the way they're playing. So I think the Islanders uh, do it. What's uh, what's the big offseason? I mean, obviously you mentioned Thomas Grice, uh, Dominic, but um, anything else top of your head? Any other big UFAs coming up for the Islanders this offseason that they need to be looked out for? Um, not UFA situations, but definitely uh, Barzal needs a new deal, and that's going to be interesting in this environment where where those RFAs are getting more money, but now we're in that, that uh, flat cap. So that's the big... And, you know, for all the things that Lou Lamorello has done well, um, managing the salary cap has not always been his strong suit. He's normally had to pull some kind of uh, ninja move or, or shady deal that uh, only he seems to be allowed to get away with at the league office to, to get out from under his cap issues. So uh, I'll, I'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how he handles that. But that's the main, main offseason topic. Well, I think we'll be uh, on the lookout for that. So, again, uh, Jason from the Blues Hockey Podcast, Dominic from Lighthouse Hockey, uh, thank you both for coming on. Uh, before I give the microphone over to both of you to tell people where they can find you on uh, the web and on social media and how they can listen to your show and read your blog, Dominic, I wanted to ask you specifically about a post that you wrote last summer. Um, again, we we had you on after the Blues won the Cup. And um, it was, uh, I remember us having a very good conversation about how uh, just awesome it was to, to witness that finally happen in our lifetimes. You wrote a very awesome post about it um, on Lighthouse Hockey uh, about 
you know, hey, I know this isn't an Islanders news, but I want to share my thoughts on this. What was it like finally writing something about the Blues winning a Stanley Cup? Uh, it's priceless, you know. It's and it was. I, I think I wrote that after some of the the, the post celebrations that uh, like Obi Clark's out in the parking lot and then working the parade. Um, I mean, it was just uh, unreal that you know. Well, you you know, with my dad being a Blues fan and, and um, he's been long gone, but just all those thoughts going through your head to finally get to that moment and and for me it was fun because it, like the islanders fan base there's a lot of people that lived through the dynasty i was just a, a little tot and a kid so just um all i knew of was the islanders is great but so you've got like a lot who lived through the dynasty and then tons who have seen nothing but misery so it was kind of a way of giving them hope you know like some of these guys their their best highlight was 93 or even 02 when they they lost an exciting first round series to toronto so just to kind of share that with, with some others and, and say like, you know, maybe one day keep hanging in there, uh, it might work out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, it's more than a year later, but I still, uh, still cherish that high that we were on and, and, uh, yeah, it's irreplaceable feeling. It was worth the wait. Yeah. And you can't tell that I still cherish that high with all the, <laughs> the stuff behind me here. I've, I have just loaded my basement with Stanley Cup memorabilia. It's the same for me. I And Jason, I know you can speak to this too. It's just uh, we never thought it would happen. And um, and I, I said up until last year's playoffs that I was never going to see the Blues win the Stanley Cup. It was just never going to happen. And I would even – I have a friend who's a Canucks fan, and I haven't told him. I go, just prepare yourself. You're never going to see the Canucks win either. It's just never going to happen for our franchises. And now when we talk, I tell him, Hey man, you know what? The impossible happened. It's going to happen for you too. So it's it's given me such a more positive light about being a fan of any sports team really. And it's it's just weird because even now like uh Jason mentioned when the Blues were out this year, um yeah. you know, you want to be mad, you want to be upset, but but for me I just kind of sat there during game 6 when the Canucks were just dominating and and I just sat there and said, "You know what?" what I witnessed last year, it makes all this so much better. And I still had a smile on my face. So it's, it, it sucks sometimes, but man, that high we had last year was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, like I said, last year kind of makes like the next like handful of years, like not say not matter, but like you just don't get like as mad as you would normally get mad after the blues, uh, find a way to blow it again. Like, (laughs) I mean, because you saw how many years we've had, at least by the last, like we talked for the last decade or so, Blues have been pretty darn good. I mean, every year they've been, you know, near the top of the Central or winning the Central, and then just they run into a team that is just that, like, that much better than them. And it was Chicago, the one, you know, Chicago and L.A. for those years, they kept flip-flopping. And you just couldn't get by that team, and then they got by that team, and then just ran out of gas in the conference finals and, uh, you know, against the San Jose Sharks and the way last year's run happened where it's like, oh man, they're not going to get by Dallas. And then the overtime, double overtime goal happens. And you're like, oh man, they play the Sharks game one. And then you watch it. Well, you know, at least it was a hell of a run to get through the second round. You had that maroon goal that you could hang your hat on. And then 
after the hand pass <laughs> uh, goal, they go on a, they just dominate for three games, you know, and win it. And then you get to the Boston game, and then you you are so excited for game three after they win that overtime, and they just get destroyed. <laughs> like <laughs> game three, like and you're everybody's so excited outside. I was hanging outside all day for eight hours that day, just partying outside with everybody and just talking to any blues fan around about, you know, what we've gone through and just everything and and then winning game seven. So makes it all worth it, the highs and the lows. Uh yeah, if there's any fan out there that you think your team's just not gonna win it, like there's a chance. Like I said, a lot of fans that are in their um, you know, I'm in my late thirties now and there's a lot of fans who grew up with the Cardinals now, and they didn't know like this team not making the playoffs. And when mm-hmm. they didn't make the playoffs, they were very, very angry. And I was mm-hmm. just like, "You don't have no idea what disappointment is, <laughs> unless you're a Blues true. fan." That's so true. take a step back, and it'll be okay. You've been yep. spoiled for a very long time, so it makes you appreciate it that much more now. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'm the same way with Jeff. I got redid my office completely, and got stuff all over the place and uh, as a reminder all the time you just smile when you see the banners behind me as you can probably see in the video there yeah um you just walk oh, in yeah. and see that every day and when i'm doing work and you just have a little smile on your face remember all the run last that year and maybe 20 years later i'll probably have the same smile on my face when i walk in and see that banner and hopefully a couple more banners you never know so yeah uh it's been good and like i said uh let's hopefully get some more yep i'm with you yeah we uh I, I tell the story every now and then, uh, but I'm going to try to rotate my camera here because I know it's not showing up. But the the what a trip article from uh, uh, after Game uh-huh. Five in the Stanley Cup Final last year that's also hanging behind me. And um, I actually had somebody join me. Uh, well, it was a, a actually a, a friend of mine on a Zoom call for work uh, last summer. Uh, he's from Boston, big Boston Bruins fan. I didn't even think about it. Uh, we had, we had texted about the series and he had congratulated me. And it was like the first day that I had this hung up and, um, he, he comes on the zoom call and he sees that and he just goes, you are kidding me. Right. And I was like, what? And he goes that bullshit over your shoulder. And of course I look the other way. I'm like, well, yeah, man, come on. They won the cup. And he goes, no, the game five shit. And I'm like, Oh, and that wasn't even for you. I just love that headline. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's it's so dude. I I got so much memorabilia from that that I'm gonna pass on to my son, who's become quite a Blues fan. So yeah, it's something that uh, out of the three of us and everybody listening, uh, we'll never forget. I uh, want to get to uh, one more comment here in YouTube, and then we will uh, we will get to closing up the show. Brad Warthog, somebody who uh, we've I don't believe we've ever had come on the show so brad welcome to the show thanks for tuning in live uh any truth to maybe moving done this off season in addition to a to like a bozak or steen to lock up petro uh, i will tell you we are going to podcast this episode plus you can always check this out on youtube later uh we did kind of talk about that a little bit earlier with uh, jason and dominic but um i think right now anything's on the table uh i think the answer that that all three of us kind of gave is never count doug armstrong out and never think that there's not a move he's considering or not considering. Uh, so I think there is a possibility that Dunn might get moved. We'll see Scott Perunovich coming up next year. He's a guy that could probably step in and, um, you know, maybe not play at the level of Vince Dunn his first season, but he's definitely a Vince Dunn 
type players. So I think there is some truth to that, but I think it's just because there's truth to Doug Armstrong is just taking calls right now and making calls and, and uh, basically doing anything he can to try and get his captain locked up. Uh, so first we'll go to Jason. Um, so again, guys, I want to thank you for coming on, but Jason uh, of the blues hockey podcast, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on the web, how they can listen to your show and um, you know, how they can interact with you on social media. Okay. And for, so usually I have my co-host Chris who uh, we've been doing it for about six seasons now. So a uh, little bit behind uh, Jeff and uh, Kurt and Bill. So, I always we make the joke we're the second most original uh, <laughs> blues hockey podcast. So anyway, but jokes besides, you can find us on our website, uh, blueshockeypodcast.net. Uh, if you need to find us to download the podcast, it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, all the different kind of casts that are out there. We're on it. Uh, let's see. And on the social medias, Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Uh, just type in Blues Hockey Podcast into Instagram or Facebook. We're there uh, posting articles, just anything that got news that happens. Um, every once in a while, we do some live videos. So uh, we'll continue during the offseason. We kind of talked earlier about assessing Doug, all Doug Armstrong's trades. That's going to be one thing we're going to do this offseason. We always have a big. Uh, we don't know how we're going to work it this year, depending on how the draft is. I just I saw the draft date got moved up today mm-hmm. to I think October sixth. So we'll we'll probably have a draft day special like we always do, live podcast, and uh, keep going from there. So thanks for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And um, our best to Chris as well, Chris. I was really hoping to join the show. He's uh, he's the only reason I invited your show on. I you showed up, so you know whatever. Yeah, I know. No, I'm, done. I'm tagging along. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's always good to have you on, Jason. We appreciate it. And uh, and you mentioned being the second most original blues hockey podcast. It's funny that uh, you are actually one of our I think you are our first emailer we ever had. We used to read emails on the show when we first started. And I remember you emailed in and that was where you and I met uh, was because you were just so enthused. There was finally a blues hockey podcast. And um, then uh, we were just happy to have you join. You know, it's not a uh, it's not a competition here. We love uh, all the blues hockey podcasts that are out there because, um, hey, more coverage for the NHL here in St. Louis. uh, I think that's how we all feel. So uh, let's uh, move on to Dominic. So, Dominic, you, uh, again, Lighthouse Hockey, the SB Nation blog. Um, Where can they find you on the web? And uh, if you have any social media or anything else you'd like to mention, uh, please do so. Yeah, we're at uh, LighthouseHockey.com. On Twitter, at LHHockey. We've got, well, they're, they're Islanders-focused podcasts, but, um, you know, a bunch of Lighthouse Hockey uh, podcasts with different hosts are available on Apple. Uh, Islanders is the most amusing to the non-Islanders fan because it gets into the zeitgeist of the struggling uh, until this, until the past few years, Islanders fan or hockey fan. But, um, yeah, that's where we are. Uh, good to talk with you guys. I can always talk about these two teams <laughs> forever, so good time no it, it is and uh again um you know we we love the coverage that you've had over at lighthouse hockey i bet you guys are going crazy over there right now posts every day and oh yeah um yeah i mean i bet if people wanted to just refresh right now your site there's probably something coming yeah. up soon well everybody had to weigh in with their their thoughts after 
after making the conference final for the first time in almost 30 years. So, yeah, it's been busy. Yeah, I bet. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. And um, and again, this is uh, this is Let's Go Blues Radio. Make sure you check out letsgoblues.com slash shop for any shirts and stickers that you might be interested in. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen over at letsgoblues.com slash radio. Uh, Twitter handles, show Twitter is at LGB Radio. Other hosts of this show, Kurt Price uh, is at Kurt Price. Bill Days at Billy Blue Note. Jeff Ponder at Ponder 94 Next week, the long-awaited interview with Greg Millen will be up, so uh, don't miss that. I know I've teased that one for quite a long time now, uh, but we will finally have that up and ready to go next week. Greg Millen, an unbelievable interview that I had right before the bubble uh, hockey started, so uh, don't miss that one. Probably be next Wednesday. Uh, that will conclude this episode on behalf of Bill Day and Kirk Price, as well as Dominic Jansky of Lighthouse Hockey and Jason Martin of the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm Jeff Ponder, and let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.